All American Gunslingers presents Ubaldi Reports. Hey everybody, this is John at Ubaldi Reports, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues impacting America, whether coming from the international arena or domestically. And there's a lot to talk about. I mean, you have the Hunter Biden um, testimony on Capitol Hill, or lack thereof. You have the economy. But also what we were going to talk about, um, the military and how they're ill-prepared for any future conflict. But there's this um, issue with Harvard University. You had three of the top universities, University of Penn, MIT, and Harvard. Last week they spoke or testified on Capitol Hill and they, in front of a congressional hearing, and they just couldn't condemn um, the um, Hamas. Why not? And what, okay, but when they were pressed about the chant of genocide against Jewish students, the um, Harvard University president said, well, it's in, it has to be in the right context before they can come out and say, because it's, you know, it's a free speech. But yet they allow other conservatives, if they said something, they're quick to condemn that. And I just was following some... Um, uh, Jonathan Turley, who's a constitutional scholar from George Washington, he had a column today talking about this topic, and he said there was a, um, a report, and I got can't remember right offhand where it came from, and they listed Harvard University as dead last when it comes to free speech, the protection of free speech. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of ironic that these presidents will fall back, well, this is free speech, when they routinely criticize, harass, punish anybody else who says anything that they dare dislike yeah and even well even further than that they that same study showed that at harvard they have one of the lowest um, faculty when it comes to of diversity meaning of the political thought if you're a conservative or libertarian or lean that way only one percent of the university faculty has a conservative or libertarian bent where now you see the far left or far left leaning or progressive elements dominate almost all the disciplines at Harvard University and many other institutions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, this is a problem. And it just shows that one side can say what they want. And it's just like two weeks ago when there was a testimony, take Riley Gaines, the swimmer from the uh, former swimmer from Kentucky who is against transgender men who claim to be women now just to um, to participate in uh, women's athletics. She was critical of a progressive congresswoman, and that congresswoman wants Riley Gaines te- wanted to have Riley Gaines' testimony scrapped or removed because it, she deemed it threatening. And it's just funny that you, the one side can say what they want, but as soon as someone counters what they say, they, 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 they want to remove it and they want to censor somebody. And President Biden, as I stated last podcast, has been uh, admonished by a federal judge. And I read his legal brief. He colluded with the, the tech companies and went further than the tech companies wanted. And they felt threatened that if you didn't do what they wanted, they would get the FCC and other government entities to come down on you. And now you have a, te- a court case, uh, Missouri versus uh, Biden, that's probably going to reach the Supreme Court regarding censorship and how 
pervasive that the government, who can't do, can't censor because of the First Amendment, is now um, colluding with the media and the um, tech companies to do do that very same thing. Mm -hmm. So why is it acceptable in like the university? Why I'm still trying to get this concept of why is it okay to have this anti-Semitism anti rhetoric now, especially since it was like looked down upon? Is it because of who is saying it? Because if this was, say, you were talking about, if this was a bunch of conservatives, would they be more quick to... Oh, you know it. They would to, be quick to shut to it down. They would be quick to shut it down. They would be, if there was a conservative president answer the same way let's say it was against african americans or mm -hmm. it has to be in the right context they would be that would be but would it be maybe even would there be okay say we had a republican or a conservative president now would this be worse um i think it would be a simple reason because joe biden happens to be a democrat mm -hmm. and he's catering to he's been to the whole thing up until now He's been catering to the progressive um, element of his party, and I think if it was a, if there was any Republican president when this was going on, I think that it would be it would be far worse. Okay. And the only reason I can speculate why this anti-Semitism is so ripe in the progressive and the Democratic Party is for if you look at even prior to this, they look at you either fall into two camps. Yeah. You're either the oppressor or you're the victim. Mm-hmm. And they consider minorities the victim and whites the oppressor. Yeah. Israel is a white kind of a white nation, but it's it's that's multiracial to a degree. Yeah. But they look at the uh, the Palestinians as a um, uh, being oppressed, the mm -hmm. victims, and the Israeli as the oppressors. Now, yeah. if you notice, missing in all this, there's still over 200 hostages still kept by Hamas. And okay. Hamas said, if Israel doesn't um, Accept our demands. We're going to kill the hostages. Okay, but they've already flooded the tunnels. Yeah, they, I've heard that today. I'm not sure how this is all playing out when they flood the tunnels. So, um, but the other part is, look at the um, the videos that came back from Hamas. Hamas had showed that they brutalized, raped women that they broke their pelvis yeah, and they, they killed babies. They, bar they, they put babies in the ovens. Mm -hmm. They beheaded them. And people said this didn't happen. Yeah, Hamas had videos and they placed that on the various social media networks showcasing this, mm -hmm. this stuff. So, but I don't, you don't hear anybody condemning Hamas. They said, well, that was bad, but they shouldn't, Israel shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Well, if you look at World War II, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, killed what almost two thousand American service personnel. Mm -hmm. What did we do? How many Japanese did we kill for the whole war, and how many civilians were killed during the bombing campaign of Japan? So, well, Japan also had countless atrocities in China during World but War II. But at but at that point, it's known now. But you got to remember, there was no social media. We didn't have the full extent until after the war that we really got to know. It's like the Holocaust. There was elements that came back. There was elements that uh, Roosevelt did know about the Holocaust.
but the true atrocities became known once American service personnel and Russian service personnel entered the concentration camps did they know. Mm-hmm. But right now, you don't hear anybody talk about where are all these feminist groups? Yeah. Remember how they condemn, you know, rape in war is a bad thing, but where's the condemnation of Hamas who perpetrated the act that raped women and children? I mean, you got to remember raping children. Yeah. And they've got children in hot, still in captivity. There's a, a nine-month-old baby or, uh, and the, the parents are still in captivity. They don't know where they're at. All they said is Hamas gave them to another terror organization. So it's just, but you, I think people are now, America is now waking up to see what is being transpired on these college campuses. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a conservative or you're a moderate and you have an opposing viewpoint, you're ridiculed. You should be shunned. You should be shamed and you should be, kicked out of the university if you're a professor if you don't toe the line and they they champion that that diversity only when their side gets to say what they want Mm -hmm. when someone else has an opposing viewpoint they want you removed how is that diversity of thought well that's been pretty well known for a while now it's just that with this whole conflict between israel and hamas it's become actionable yeah and i think that's the point i think people the america Everybody knew this. I knew this, not to this degree, about the anti-Semitism. But I knew this because I faced this when I went to, a, to get my bachelor's degree. This was in the early 90s. But it's more rampant now. And I think we're seeing this, all these protests, all these kids. But even in the schools, like in Seattle, there was a student failed a, a, um, a, mid, not a, midterm, a, a quiz because all he dared say is, men can't get pregnant and men have a different genitalia than women and he was um well that's how they're trying to conform us to their ideology or their beliefs is by punishing us for telling the truth and but it's not the convenient truth yeah i mean i kind of figure i like the idea of and i think i'm a very accepting person yeah is that, i think so identify as you as whoever or what you want to be whatever you want to be and i will respect that to a point when you start forcing it on me there might be a little bit of resistance but if you want to say you're a cat and you want to say you're an alien cool well, you know everybody be everybody i love everybody that's but cool see, joe i think most people if you want to be say you're a woman now you want to cross over that that's fine but when you're starting to push it to children and when teachers are, and this was happening in California where teachers were told, do not tell your parents of your gender. Um, see, that's where they're crossing the line. And you're, But see, the other way they're crossing the line is I substituted at a local high school back in 2016. I did it just to make some extra money. But this was during the height of the 2016 election. And two of the students, one the female, she was supporting Hillary, and the guy was supporting Donald Trump. And they started to get into a friendly banter about it. And, you know, and then they, I said, hey, guys, just make sure you, you focus on the issues. Make sure you, you focus on critical thinking. Debate the topic. Don't base it off emotion. Mm-hmm. And then well, I think the guy goes to me, he goes, um, so who do you support? And I said, it doesn't matter who I support. Yeah. You should never know who I support. I told her, 
Do you support Hillary? I go, well, yes. Do you support Trump? I go, yes. Fine. Debate the issues. Maybe you learned something from her that you didn't fully research your topic. Or maybe she learned something for you because you didn't research. You made a good point that she has to go back and do some more research. Mm -hmm. That's how you learn from every different train of thought, whether it's liberal, conservative, or progressive. But what we have now is educators in the K through 12 and definitely in our university system, they're putting their own partisan um, ideas, their own partisan views, and they're jamming it down th students' throats. And I sat in a classroom when I was in, um, at a state college. This was in Sacramento. And the teacher clearly blamed everything on Republicans. Every problem in America was a Republican's idea. Yeah. So when you wrote your paper, you had to write your paper to what he wanted to read. If you had a different thought, you knew your grade was going to be, was going to be uh, graded down. So you're forcing students to hide their own fundamental beliefs, but the other side can say what they want. So may I kind of bring up a story? Um, my son, prior to this um, semester, this quarter, had a very what we would think maybe be a liberal civics teacher. And the only person, reason why this person is a civics teacher was because DeSantis kind of put that, put it out there saying, Hey, if you teach civics, if you teach civics, we're going to, you're going to pay you extra. And I got a good look. And this woman, she had a sign thing from you no know, Trump and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay. And we went to this Marine Corps scholarship foundation mm -hmm. event. And she and my son was like he was able to. First of all, he was able explain, to be explain what the Marine Corps Scholarship Fund is. So the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation is what it is. It provides scholarships to wounded veterans, um, both on and off the battlefield. Okay, who was there? Um, well, who were some of the dignitaries there? Well, General Kelly was. There okay, General before. Kelly, for people who remember. General, General Neller, General, okay, General Pace. If everybody needs to remember, General Kelly was the Homeland Security Director under Donald Trump, and he was the Chief of Staff to Donald Trump. Yeah. And when you mentioned Peter Pace, Peter Pace was the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, was the Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and Chief of Staff during the early stages of the, the War on Terror mm -hmm. and going into Afghanistan and Iraq. General Neller. And General Neller was a former, I think, um, was he a commandant? assistant commandant of the Marine Corps. So you had some high-profile individuals who are at the top levels, whether you agree with them or not, yeah. the top level of government. And, and his son is, what, 11 years old? No, uh, Cash is 13. Oh, 13, I'm sorry. It was his first time to attend a dinner. So we got to see all the pop and circumstance. You know, he got to see after going so many years and hanging out in the kids' room, he's actually able to dress up and sit next to people and talk to them and stuff like that. So it kind of really impacted him, especially like the story that was told. And like I told, I, I saw the story, and then when the twist kind of came, he he just like he it hit him. So it, he, it was very impactful, and he was very proud to be a part of that. So he brings this. Uh, the, he brings the brochure, the pamphlet, um, the program okay. to his teacher. And the teacher's like, I know you think this is important, but this is not as important as my class. 
she and it was almost like she was saying to him what you what i think what you think your dad did was important might be important to you but it's not important to me kind of thing like that and just to wear your belief on your sleeve but see the thing like is that, that my problem is this to put your belief on your sleeve and to belittle a 13 year old kid mm -hmm. the problem i have is how how big do you think you are that you have to belittle a 13 year old kid mm -hmm. if you have a problem with what you did in the marines and you don't think this is a big deal why don't you, instead of belittling the 13-year-old, why don't you go to the father mm -hmm. and tell you what she thinks of that? She didn't, in a sense, she didn't have the balls to. She didn't have the guts enough to do it because I look at it, like, for example, in the late 90s, I worked at the um, Sacramento Metro Chamber. We did a, um, a cap, they call it a cap to cap. Capital of California, go to the capital of Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. I got to go to the White House. And I got to be in a brief with Erskine Bowles. He was then the chief of staff to Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. I didn't like Bill Clinton's presidency on some of the issues. But I was enthralled that I'm sitting in a room in a brief with Erskine Bowles. Somebody who briefs a president of the United States, who meets daily with the president of the United States. To me, it didn't matter that it was a Democratic president. I am meeting and talking and discussing with somebody who's at the highest levels of the U.S. government. That's what made something to me. And Cash, your son, was at a place where he got to meet with General Peter Pace, mm -hmm. who was a, um, chairman of the Joint Chiefs at one time, met with the president on a daily basis. You had um, General Kelly, who was the chief of staff well, to look, a U.S. president. I can go in a little bit more. He met one medal recipient, uh, uh, Honorary Medal of, Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah, Dakota Meyer. He met General Mattis. So, General Mattis mm -hmm. ran the war, went into Iraq during the uh, first phase of Iraq, um, Iraqi freedom, ran CENTCOM, Secretary of Defense. These are the highest level. How many people oh, get to meet people yeah, like that? Also, he met, um, crap, I forget his name, Apollo 13, Jim Level. Oh, Jim Level. Yeah, so I mean, these are a lot, a lot of important people in, in history. Yeah, because when in I history, and he's meeting them at 13 years old, and he's happy to talk about it. And then it, it's, the teacher's like, "Yeah, no." Well, but, you here's, know? but here's an example. Like, when I retired from the Marine Corps, I had a, a colonel that I served with, Fulbert Colonel, and he had picked up Brigadier General, so he gave the um, gave remarks at my retirement. After the end of the um, ceremony, he got to meet everybody. I got introduced him to my family. My brothers were there. Mm -hmm. My younger brother said something this. He goes, and my brother was in his mid-40s, almost late 40s yeah. at this point. And he said, I never met a general before. Uh -huh. Cash is 13 years old. He met five or six generals who all served in the highest reaches of the U.S. government. He met a Medal of Honor recipient in Dakota Myers. He met somebody who was on Apollo 13 who went into space. These are the people that you would want your student to learn about civics and American history. And then you have a teacher who goes to a 13, think about a 13-year-old and just belittles her, mm -hmm. belittles him and says, oh, what your dad did wasn't, wasn't meaningful enough. You may think it is. 
basically saying what your father did, your father's nothing mm-hmm. in compared to who I am. And Lisa say I did have a conversation with this teacher and he was promptly moved out of the class after this conversation. <laughs> so I had a very a lot of choice um words for her, especially just downplaying for what he did. So, you know, that was just kind of like my idea from kind of what you're saying about, especially going, talking about an education system, whether it's as low as elementary or uh, middle school to college, is that you have to take somebody's worth, but also take your approach of not knowing where you stand politically, you just, you need to teach because a kindergartner does not need to know what gender they should be identifying as. Well, yeah. Or somebody in college should know where you lean politically. I mean, I mean, and then they talk about Florida banning books. Florida's not banning books. They're just banning age, appro- they want age appropriate book. Do you want someone teaching transgender issues or and I've read some of the books that they were trying to remove. They were talking about oral penetration. They were talking about very sexual type positions. And some of them and, show it. Hold on. show it. They and were that. reading it in a school board meeting, a school board meeting, and the school board shut them down saying you cannot say stuff like that in this Correct. in this meeting and they're like well why can why isn't in my son's library then yeah and it's things like that you have to think about our ed- and then here's the same thing with our education they're pushing this agenda half the kids in america can't read you go to many of these like in baltimore they had a report that came out from this maryland department of education where 90 percent of the kids in baltimore can't read or do math to grade level and there was 23 schools, not one student was passing at grade level in math and English or reading. And then you go even deeper than that. You got high schools are graduating kids at elementary and uh, middle school level, but they graduate. So there is a question from Maddie Funny Farm. I hope he's still on. Maybe not. But the question is, did anyone look at the Harvard handbook to see if it does go against the code of conduct? Um, she makes a good question. I have not had a chance to go by that. I know other handbooks have a certain code of conduct. That makes a good point. I will definitely make sure I try to see if I can scour that and mm-hmm. see if I can come across I'm that. sure there's somewhere on the internet we can look yeah, at Yeah, I'm it. sure there's some. That but, is a good point. But, the, I mean, they were also, like, if you n- not use the proper pronouns for a certain person, there's discipline behind that. So why, if I say he her versus them they i can get booted out of harvard but i can't because i say i hate jews from the river to the sea or whatever whatever you know but the whole crux of it was do you when the the statement came across about genocide of jews Mm -hmm. they asked her the the harvard president they asked mit and the university of penn and their statement was, well, it's got to see in the context. No, it's yeah, no context. Yeah, that's the context. The context is I'm going to clear out from the river but to the... When you have students that had to be Jewish students do not feel comfortable on college campuses. They're fearing for their lives. Mm-hmm. And there was a school, I can't remember which one, Jewish students had to run into a library, into a classroom and lock the door because people were wanting to... 
to conduct harm on them. Is something going to happen when the new round of donors comes in and they're billions of dollars short of what they normally get because of well, I, I think certain two, ways that they believe? I think two things are going to happen. The first part of your question, Jonathan Turley wrote a column about how this um, the polls have shown people don't feel safe to express their views, especially if you have a different viewpoint. Mm -hmm. At the very last sentence, he said the only way to fix these, these colleges and universities that the public has now seen is the donor class has to stand up and said, we're not giving to you. We're not giving you any money. Now, I think Harvard already lost a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. All these other schools, I don't want them to have one ideology over the other. I want them to have critical thinking where you're teaching kids and students to act responsibly to understand what they're going to do and research their topic and understand how to do critical thinking. But when you have that, the only way to fix it is they got to pull funding and then Congress has to get involved by finding I want to know where your money goes. Yeah. How are you spending money? How much overseas money? Because I said this in a column a couple of years ago in 2000, what was it, 2018 when the Kavanaugh hearings were going. Mm -hmm. I go, what's going on at Yale? Yale allowed their students to protest the Kavanaugh hearing because they, don't, they believe Kavanaugh was a sexual uh, assaulter yeah. or abuser. But there was no evidence to back it up. And I thought at a law school, the fundamental tenets of American Jew, uh, uh, the legal system, you're innocent till proven guilty. Yeah. No one proved that Kavanaugh was at that event. All they took was the word. But when Joe Biden was accused of sexual assault, and even though he's innocent till proven guilty, it was due process for him. Because remember, you have Maisie Hirona, the senator from Hawaii, stated that men just need to stand up and shut up. Well, where's the evidence that this happened? Well, we have a lot more evidence that Joe and Biden... And that just shut down our live feed because live access was removed. Really? Yeah. So I guess people don't... And there you go with <laughs> censorship. People <laughs> don't like what we say. So they decide to remove you. Hmm. This is what this is what we're facing today. I mean, I would tell anybody, what did I say that was so controversial? So. So wait, we can't do this for another week. <laughs> I guess so. So. Oh. But anyway, we can still do the podcast on this. We just. But this is what you get. Man, I really wanted to go into the Hunter Biden thing. But this is. But see, this is what we get. Yeah. Is they say if someone doesn't like you on social media and there's no recourse. All they say is, well, you can appeal this, but the damage is done. Well, that, but also when you repeat, when you appeal it, they're like, yeah, you're, you'll see you next week. Yeah, that's basically it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, getting banned for hate speech, what, what did he say that was hate speech? Yeah, well, what I mean, but they could have taken they could have taken something I said out of context, though. If I was like, you know, if you're saying I hate Jews, you're kind of yeah. If you do that clip, which is obviously going to be to come across, well, but, as but a basically clip. someone could go, hey, this guy said I hate Jews, and then they're like, oh. But speech. you can take, you can cut something and say well, everybody a, does it. I mean, yeah, they're going to so, do they're, I mean, they're going to do it to Trump up and down. Yeah, until, and, but this is the point that I we're getting at. We're if someone, if once, if I said something, <clears throat> I hate Israelis, would that be cut? Probably not. Hmm. 
or if I said something I hate conservative, I think Republicans are evil and should be wiped off the earth. You'd get I, boosted. I would get boosted. Or I said all white people are the evil. We got a thousand people watching this video right now. So this is where you got right now. Yeah. Maybe we should just go completely liberal for the show. We'll just kind of like whatever our opposite views are, or what our views are, we'll just go completely opposite. It's just we'll I'm be not snar- that flexible. We'll be that, but we'll be snarky about it. Like well, you hear is- such a great job Joe Biden's doing. It is amazing. But it's just sad. gas is so high. I thank God for Joe Biden. But this is the this is not something. <laughs> yeah, we both served our country to fight and defend the Constitution of the United States. Mm-hmm. That means the First Amendment. And First Amendment, hate speech is not, is protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. The only way you stop some of that stuff is is challenge them on their uh, their ideas and their statements. Yeah. But when you just shut me down, but when, it, but all these liberals and progressives can say anything they want, mm-hmm. and that's free speech, but when I say something, I'm a, I'm, I'm fear monger, I'm a, a disinformation. Yeah. Based off what did we say that was so bad? I don't know, enough to get us kicked off. TikTok so we've been for a kicked week. off and kicked <laughs> off for for a week. What you can always see John on his t- TikToks that he does throughout the week. So yeah, and then you can you can still follow this podcast. I'll tell you what, you will. We'll just go on All American Gunslingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we only got it, a thousand compared to yours, but you know, it's just it's it's just weird. It's just sad. All right, John. Why don't you go ahead and let them know where they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. You can check us out on TikTok or um, Instagram. Ne- next Facebook, week you can. Or Facebook. <laughs> and um, just check us out there. And we'll be back every Wednesday at 730 Eastern Standard Time. And hopefully next week we won't be shut down again. So, and you can get Cody, Ray, and I, when Ray does show up, uh, we're going to be with All American Gunslingers. We are, we have a range. We are getting it ready to get open. We have a Facebook page. So if you want to go to All American Gunslingers Facebook page and give us a follow or like, we would appreciate it. Um, The more, the merrier. And... Just stay tuned, and we're going to be start giving, uh, showing us, you know, some of the inside, what we got going on, and stuff that we're going to be representing here in a little bit. So keep tuned, and you know, follow us for some more stuff. And keep following you, Baldy Reports. Until next week.